0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere.
1: Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherston Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, we're talking about pushing through. Let's be real. Sometimes you fall on your face or underperform, and that's just what it is. Everything after that depends on how willing you are to face what you did and do better the next time. Listen, I can relate. There have been so many times in my life I wish I'd made better choices. As an actor, there have been many times I wish I had just one more take. As a friend, there are times I could have been softer. And as a wife, there's times I wish I had just held my tongue. My good sis Danielle Brooks knows all about the power of pushing through. Before we saw her on Orange is the New Black, or on Broadway playing the color purple, Sophia, she was putting one foot in front of the other and making a way for herself. She's pushed through some not-so-great auditions to be able to bless us again and again on screen and on the stage. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad she didn't give up.
2: When I tell you my nerves got the best of me, I... I couldn't remember any of the music that I had learned. I was like going sharp. The words weren't coming, everything. And I had made every joke in the book to try to like keep from drowning in this room to like stay up on my feet. But they were just bombing, boom. And I remember crying so hard, being devastated, just a wreck, and just feeling like I cannot believe. I was that bad.
1: After the credits for our Sankofa moment, Danielle tells me who from history she'd want front row and center at the premiere of The Color Purple.
2: She pioneered everything, but also just being so dark-skinned and fluffy-faced, Hi, Danielle. Hey, Ashley. Ashley has a hey. podcast. <laughs> has a podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Danielle, do you remember how we met? I do remember when we met. I wish I knew like the exact date, but I know that it was like 2012 in LA. We were at um, like this actor, sister, girl hang. And it was Tiana Paris had invited me to go with her. Tiana Paris, she's a dear friend of ours. Yes.
1: And listeners might know her as Monica Rambeau and WandaVision. (laughs) She was the original Coco and Dear White People,
2: Mad Men, Survivor's Remorse. She's done it all. And it was just kind of like this potlucky kind of uh, gathering that we were having. I didn't know anybody. I was this New Year girl just visiting in LA. And it was really for us to kind of vent our woes about the industry and also celebrate what was happening in our lives. P- people were being very vulnerable. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know uh, if I can go there because yeah, I was very kind of guarded mm. at the time.
1: I'm curious, why were you so guarded at that time?
2: I just had not had enough discernment at that Mm. time in my life. So I was getting burned. Mm. So I was very guarded and quiet about just me, my personal stuff. And the moves you were making and what was going on. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know (laughs) Um, (laughs) y'all. Because I do think at times you do have to be careful on what you expose of yourself and your dreams and your desires. And not that you have to shut off from people, but just be aware and cautious of what you share about yourself. So I was, and in this moment I said, you know what, I feel safe in this room. And I said, You know what? My new show, Oranges Do Black, comes out in three days, and there's billboards and posters all up, and I am terrified. I do not know what is about to happen in my world. I feel like my life is about to change, and I'm scared. And I just remember everybody pouring into me and encouraging me and making me feel safe and just supported.
1: I want to go back to you saying you were in a time where you valued discernment. Mm -hmm. And you knew you needed to really implement it in your life in a really real way. Where did you learn that?
2: Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's a deep question. I I think because of how I grew up, Mm -hmm. this young Southern girl, just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, open everybody, just seeing the positive in people before seeing anything else, I um, I lacked the discernment. And where I learned it was from life experiences. And once I got to New York, I realized, like, with my little country talk and how I say things, people don't interpret it the same way. Mm -hmm. I come from, and no offense to my town, and I'm not saying it in a negative way, but very simple folk. We not analyzing <laughs> everything. And I realized that's when I got to New York, you every like, you said this. Mm. Now you said this word. You did this. And I was like, I didn't mean it like that. Wow. You know, I'm sorry that I said it ain't instead of aren't, whatever. But like, I, mean, I just, I mean, I mean that on yeah. a different level, but it just felt like everything I said was taken just uh so seriously. And so it made me evaluate being careful with my words Mm. and what I actually say and what I actually do. Um, So that came with time. But then, of course, I started dating somebody. And from that experience, I learned that that relationship, I was being used Mm. uh, or I felt that way um, for, for my resources. And I was being manipulated in a lot of ways. And so I realized after, you know, coming to the light, uh, what it was. So once I went through that, I like, I went through a big old change, personality change. I ain't trust wow. nobody. I remember being in color purple, put people on the list like they cannot come back here. I don't want to see certain wow. folk. I just was like very guarded about me. And I had to go through that. I had to go through that. Um, and it's. I think it's really served me now, now that I have more discernment, I, I've shed some of that off. I can pinpoint it and I know how to handle it. And I know how to kind of guard myself, but still lead with heart first. There was something you said that really made me go, oof,
1: that I feel that too. The emotion that's hardest for me to feel at times is misunderstood. Mm -hmm. It just, Puts my stomach in knots. I can't sleep at mm-hmm. night. I get sad. I get frustrated when I feel like people are not understanding mm-hmm. my true intentions or misinterpreting something that I said very genuinely. <laughs> and they're taking it, you know, in a negative way or whatever it may be.
2: Mm-hmm. And I realized
1: through that, for me, the realization was I can't control other people's thoughts. Period.
2: Period. Point blank.
1: So all I can do is make sure that I'm genuine, mm-hmm. I'm kind, I'm authentic, I mean what I say and do everything mm-hmm. with intention. Mm-hmm. But that was a big
2: lesson. Yeah. And I think that's what I've learned now, you know, now that I've gone into my 30s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and it frees you up in a lot of ways, too. Oh, yeah. You know? To not worry. And
1: I like that you say it frees you up because not only does it free yourself up from worry, but it also allows space for the people that really do get you and don't choose to misunderstand you and label you and all those things that makes the people in your life that aren't like that abundantly clear. So take me back to the beginning, right? Talk to me about South Carolina. What did South
2: Carolina teach you? South Carolina, come on and raise up. Hey. Take the shit off. That is really North Carolina in the South. <laughs> South Carolina, man, I appreciate South Carolina. South Carolina gave me the best gift, two gifts, my relationship to God and my love for acting. Mm. I got from the South. Um, And so I grew up in church. My mother is a minister. My father is a deacon. And so I spent 24-8 at church, (laughs) whether that was Girl Scouts to Step Team Mm. to Usher Board to choir rehearsals to the list goes on. I was always at church. Um, But first of all, just built my spirituality and like my faith and my hope and beliefs and my morals I I got from there. Um, But also, like, that's where I learned to love acting because church was that. (laughs) It was this theatrical experience for me. Like, I saw so many similarities between, like, a playbill and a program or Mm. the audience and the congregation, the pastor, like, as the leading man, (laughs) you know. And both are... Um, goal is to help you see yourself clearer and become a better person in some capacity. Um, And so I just have, like, that's where I fell in love with, with acting. And like, it started with, you know, February black history Month playing Harriet Tubman, (laughs) you know, they, they wouldn't do every third Sunday. They would make the youth take over the, 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 the service. And so we had to speak in front of everybody, the congregation, and, and say mm. a prayer or scripture or you would be leading a song in, in the choir. And so they were they were really just shaping us, you know? And for me, it really impacted my life. And so then I went to... My mom was so wonderful. I went to... Um, uh, all of these different art schools in South Carolina um and thank god that that we had such a uh strong arts education programs in in South Carolina so i would go to normal middle school then she would find um uh, arts middle school go to normal high school and go mm. to arts high school so i ended up going to this place called the Governor's School for Arts and Humanities in Greenville i've
1: heard a lot about that school oh girl
2: the school is fire uh, and when I, when I went, the school had only been open for maybe like six, seven years. And, uh, the, the black girls that were coming out of the school were like Nicole Bahari, Bettina Miller, Tiana Paris. Um, there was just some heavy hitters. Heavy
1: hitters. <laughs> out
2: of there. Um, it's crazy. Cause I didn't know anything about Juilliard until finding out that Nicole Bahari had gotten in and then Tiana had gotten in (laughs) and then this girl, Stacey Scott had gotten in and all sisters. And I was like, I don't know what Juilliard is, but all the black girls are getting in here. So I'm going to have to go do that. And I did an audition at 17 and I ended up getting into Juilliard. And um, that changed my life, moved to New York. And did never left since then. I know it became a challenge for me. I was like, my parents are going to see
1: me succeed at this. Yes. I think the first question I have for you is... Did you immediately feel worthy of the family that you created for yourself? This amazing love from your husband, this beautiful child that God blessed you with. Amen. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Hell yeah, I do. Yes,
2: yes. Hell yes. I Mm. think it's. I've always known I deserve this love, and maybe it's because I have the beautiful example of parents who have been married for over thirty-five years. Yeah. I've seen it work and I knew that it was there for me too. I've always known that. What I've prayed for though was that somebody would be able to receive all the love I have to give to them too. Cuz sometimes people can't receive it. They they just reject it. I don't understand it. You know, they make you feel bad for calling them a king or you know like for just randomly giving them gifts and, and 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 showering them with love. Sometimes people can't receive it. And I prayed for somebody who could receive it and not make me feel bad for all this love that I have to give them, but also be able to reciprocate that to me. Mm. And I've been I've been blessed. I'm very happy. And our little girl is. The joy of my lives, a trip <laughs> she is cray cray fun. So um, funny, <laughs> trip man. So yes, to the answer your question. What about you?
1: Yes, I always knew more so than me feeling worthy. I always knew that was God's plan for me. Mm-hmm. So I just and I knew that if it was God's plan for me, that He was going to make it good. I knew it wasn't going to be you know mm-hmm. somebody that wasn't right or not a good fit or somebody that didn't receive the love so yeah i i i i even now being almost six months married, it's thrilling mm. I think that's that's the that's the best word to describe it. It's a thrilling feeling to wake up every day and look beside me and know that I have someone that like legit has my back till the end yes. of time that is <laughs> it is an inexplainable, incomparable feeling that I want for everybody if that's what they want for themselves right everybody yeah. everybody don't want that. But I right. do that. But I do know that everyone deserves and needs love, mm-hmm. and it, you know, just as my sister, as my friend, it's been so beautiful seeing it emerge in both of our lives in this really, yeah, beautiful and exciting way. And I want to ask you too, just about motherhood and mm-hmm. how it's shifted your perspective, if at all, uh, as it pertains to your career. And how you mm. live your life. Whew.
2: That one, man. Even today, I'm over here looking for daycares, trying to yeah. figure this thing out. Okay. It is tough. Um, so it's crazy because some of these shows or productions that I'm a part of really support me being a mother, mm. you know, and they will help you because I had to, you know, take free with me for. Uh, damn near close to six, seven months, she was with me in Canada. But I felt supported um, with her there, you know, with housing and getting nannies there and, and all of the things that come with it, which is an expense, ladies mm-hmm. and gents. Just don't forget <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but uh but also I've had, you know, productions not be so supportive where it's like this, it's not my problem. That's your problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's it's just, you have to do what at the end of the day is right for your family. And I'm very grateful that I have a partner that understands what the demands are of this business and how much time that I have to be away. And we come together and figure it out because that's, Really, what it's about, what works best for you and your family. As a as a woman, I was really nervous in the beginning of having Freya when I was pregnant with her because I had this opportunity to be in this action movie when I was like five, six months pregnant, and I was really excited about the opportunity. And they the it was a female director, and she was like, I'm here for it, I will help you, whatever you need. But yet I still could not pull it off because we were shooting and they were going to shoot in some like crazy random country that I just could not, if needed, to get medical attention would not be able to have. And then my doctor was like, yeah, you can't travel if you're going to shoot this movie for two months. By the time you become seven, eight months, you shouldn't be traveling. Just it wasn't working. So that was the beginning of my nervousness of like, how is this going to work as and mother. And um, <laughs> the, the next thing I get was my And I got mm-hmm. that job free. It was free. It was two months old wow. when I started that job, you know, and we had to go to Canada and we took that baby and then I uh, went straight into Peacemaker for HBO. And that was like crazy because. I had gained like 60 pounds with this pregnancy. Even though Freya was a year, I still was struggling to get it off. Mm. And here comes this action TV show that I prayed for because I wanted to do action. And here it is falling in my lap working with DC Universe. I was so hyped, And I'm like, oh, my Jesus. How am I going to do this? Because now my body is different. I had gotten this job at my heaviest and the director said I was just enough. So why am I oh. sitting up here? Because society's told me that I'm supposed to look a certain way, stressed out about this. And so I made my focus while I was there in Canada away from my husband. Yes, I was like, I needed to get sexy back. But no, the <laughs> biggest thing was... I want to f- be fit. Like, I want to feel like anything that this director tells me to do, I can do it. And not because I lost weight or or because of whatever, l- really losing weight, but because I'm working to be the healthiest I can be. And I focus the energy on that. Yeah, And it ended up losing my 60 pounds.
1: To me, the, the, the blessing and the lesson in what you're saying is whatever changes that you intentionally want to make in your life or that present themselves in in your life, you have to do and embrace on your own terms. I think, for example, you might have had a more difficult time losing the 60 pounds you wanted to lose if you were doing it for the director and for the sake of the show. Mm -hmm. But instead, you did it for Danielle. You said, Mm -hmm. I want to feel my strongest. I want to feel my my best. I want to be as prepared as I can be Mm-hmm. Whether it's for this or just, I just want to do it for life, and that's when the results come because it's coming from a place that's about self-development, self-growth, self-determination. Mm-hmm. It's it's always gonna have self in front of it, and I just think that's really. Powerful. You better
2: recap, Ashley.
1: Go ahead. Girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> On May tenth, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will rain. It is our oh, I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: So, okay, so this leads me to, okay, this is what I gotta know. What is it? What's the tea? What you wanna know? What was the moment in your life? There could be more than one, but tell me the biggest moment in your life and in your career when the lack of a yes or a yes not coming in the way that you thought it was or the way that you wanted it to nearly broke you and you might have wanted to throw in the towel. And how did you get out?
2: Yeah, girl. Okay, I got one for you. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Um, So... (laughs) I had, my first love has always been the theater. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to dip my toe into TV, film, yes. But theater has always been my first love, you know, hence going to Juilliard. Yes. So after Juilliard, I'm auditioning for hundreds, thousands, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) um, Broadway shows. But I was not really booking them. I would get callbacks after callbacks, whatever. It was this one particular show, Pippin'. Mm. And it's crazy because now like there was a moment there like, was times where I, like I couldn't talk about it, but now like I can talk about it. But I they wanted me to go in for the leading lady in Pippin, which was originally played by Bettina Miller, mm. which I know how much work she put into that. But I was excited because I felt like they were trying to reimagine it with someone like myself. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really cool. Like, maybe I can do this. Mind you, I ain't really no dancer like that. And And how old are you? Are you
1: like 21, 22? I am
2: 23, 23, 24. Okay. Somewhere in there. And uh, so I'm like in the middle of Orange. People are knowing me, you know, but they still calling me Tasty. So, um, we're, you know, we're doing this. Audition process, and I had gotten pretty far. Like, I had gone through a few callbacks at this point. And my team at the time said, Danielle, you have one more callback um, till they say yes or no. Mm. But it's going to be a director session. So when I'm thinking director session, I'm thinking, okay, it's me and the director. We're going to work this thing out. We're going to talk about this script. We're going to maybe get on our feet cool. We're going to maybe do some music fine. Girl, I get up in this room. <laughs> It's like 20 people suits. All these people all eyes on me, big producers, all eyes on me. When I tell you my nerves got the best of me, I I couldn't remember any of the music that I had learned. I was like going sharp, the words weren't coming, everything. And I had made every joke in the book to try to like keep from drowning Mm -hmm. in this room to, like, stay up on my feet. But they were just bombing, boom, 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 just falling, just losing the room. To the point one of the casting directors, I saw him on his phone during the audition. Mm. So I stopped the audition myself, and I said, I'm sorry, y'all. This is not my best, and I cannot present this to you. And this is in front of, like, Diane. One of the like biggest Broadway um, uh, directors. Mm. And I remember crying so hard, being devastated, just a wreck. And just feeling like I cannot believe I was that bad. And I was not able to pick myself up. I was not my strongest. I let fear get the best of me. I cannot believe fear took over my body like that. Mm. And so... I had my moment because I believe everybody have your moment, but you got to move on. You got to push through that thing. So I made a decision and I said, you know what? I'm going to get in some dance classes. And I ended up finding this girl paying her $50 a class to teach me a pot of beret child, and a salsa. Yes! (laughs) And I I said, I'm going to get me in some more um, singing classes. So I started taking dance and singing classes on my own just so that when I got in a room, I was not living in fear. I felt confident. I did Mm. not get intimidated by the people in that room. And then I had to form for myself, what is it that I do when I prepare the minute before I get into an audition room? So crazy enough, my singing teacher at the time, she was like, I don't know. She just told, we talked about Jesus. We were talking about the, the blood of God. I don't know. Mm. And maybe something we were talking about, some spiritual stuff. And I got this idea to wear something red in any audition to just remind myself that God is with me. He, he's covered Oof. me. And so now well. I wear like red underwear in audition. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> so that's my way of reminding me that God is with me. The blood of Jesus is covering moi, and so you are taking me out. That's oh my what goodness. I did. So let me really mm. take you out.
1: Mm. Guess what the next
2: audition was?
1: <laughs> let me guess. Uh, the color purple on Broadway. <laughs> the
2: color purple
1: on Broadway. <laughs> and You were dressed like a lady in red from <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know
2: from, the- <laughs> from Color Girls. Color girls. <laughs> you are hilarious. I ain't go that far, sis. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was my next audition.
1: Mm. And girl, I put my- Like how soon after, head. Danielle? Like how soon after? Like oh, how my, soon it is it the Pippin break It
2: was probably like five, six months later. Ooh. Yeah, it was probably five, six months later. And I remember it was three of us left. It, I'm not going to say who the other two women were, but- two women that I really know are heavy hitters that yeah. were going out for Sophia. But I remember saying, being in that room before going into this audition in the waiting room and being like, you know what? You ain't got nothing to fear, baby. You did the work. Mm. You sent it yourself. Are you ready for this moment. It's yours. And I booked that mug. And it changed my <laughs> life, man. And it's crazy because what I also realized is like, your, your desires and dreams are so minute to what God mm. has for you, like mass small compared to what he has. And I wanted that Pippin thing so bad. And I thought that was for me. But when I look back, that thing closed two months from when I would have started it. And you know what? That's I would have done that part thinking that was all my Be doing. I was the reason it closed. I would have went in with that idea. And then God said, you know what? I'm going to put you in Color Purple. The first Broadway show that you ever watched with your dad at 15, you're going to do 10 years later, playing the part that Oprah did on this movie. You're going to be interviewed by Oprah. You're going to get a Tony nomination and win a Grammy on from this, your first Broadway show. If that ain't God, I don't know what it is. Nor do I. So it's God. He, that's the thing of like, you got to be also ready. We be mm. wanting stuff, but we ain't ready. And God said, look, little heifer, I'm going to have to get you together. You're going to take yourself on over here. Let me go on and put you in this experience so I can tell you what you need to do to get ready for what I got for you. And that was those no's. You ask a question about the no. I got a big old no. And that thing hit me so hard in the face, but I didn't let Mm -hmm. it stop me because I knew there was something. I knew what God promised me. And I had to like, that's where the faith and the hope comes in. You know what I'm saying? Like You got to know what God has promised you. And it might not look like what you think it's supposed to look like half the time, 90% of the time, it's not going to look like that. So go with the process and be also ready. For me, what you just said just
1: touched me. I, I can't even tell you how much, not only it touched me, but I needed to hear it right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, uh, you know, it's it's this, it's this, the thought and the ideas surrounding belief in oneself I'm finding that I think that that's more important than whatever talent or intellect you Mm -hmm. really possess as a human being. You have to believe. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe not only in yourself, but what you said in what God promised you. If you know what you were promised, then you know you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't make false promises, right? So that for me is just—and your ability to to humble yourself, to say— That really hurt. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to use my own money, Mm -hmm. of which I probably don't have that much Mm -hmm. of, but I know that this is an investment in myself. That's right. And so now we're getting FaceTimes from Oprah, welcoming you into (laughs) this beautiful family. (laughs) So I want to know,
2: how did it really feel? There's no word, To describe the way that I felt because they really did get me. They told, basically they lied to a sister because (laughs) they told me that I was supposed to have a meeting with Blitz, the director. And by this time, this process had been going on for at least nine months of Mm. meetings. And the funny thing is when they told me I had to have this one last meeting with the director, I was like, this Now, this is the moment where I'm about to say no, because I'm over this. Because I done did a lot of humbling, and I've done a lot of moving the ego out the way. But now y'all stretching this mug. But I said, (laughs) you know what? Nope. I am going to lead with grace and humility, and I'm going to sit my my butt right on in that seat and put that Zoom on and see whatever this man want to talk to me about. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) That girl, it's just so crazy (laughs) because the guy's talking to me and he's like, so Danielle, what's this process? He don't talk like that, but I'm like, what's this (laughs) And I legit was almost about to look for a way to get out of that conversation and just be like, just call me when Blitz is ready to talk. But I was like, you know, I'm going to answer this man's question. (laughs) Girl, when when Miss Oprah popped up on that screen, I lost it, as you clearly can see. And I remember, like, I was so happy first to get the job, but then also to thank her, because I felt like I never really got an opportunity to say thank you the way I wanted to to her Mm. from the first time. And the reason being is I don't ever, like, especially big uh. P- big, um, big beings like Oprah, big icons yeah. like Oprah. Yeah. To think that I want anything from them, so mm. most of the time I end up shying away from them, and I just don't talk to them because I'm like, I want you to know I'm genuine. I don't want nothing from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it just it, naturally happens. A relationship it naturally happens. I'm here for it, but I'm not gonna like be doing the most. Because so you know what up, that feels like. Yeah. So I shied away. And I did that during the first process. And so I didn't get to say thank you how I wanted wow. to. And and so I was so happy to get that opportunity. But then my, I told my husband, he, I said, huh, and when he got off, I was like, baby, did you hear that? He's like, I ain't hear nothing. <laughs> I got the job. And he picked my 230-pound butt up. <laughs> and he spun me around. And then the first thing we did after he spun me around, we got on our knees and we prayed and thanked God for this mm. moment, cause um, it's a big one, and I'm I'm grateful that all of the things that I've went through have led me to this moment where I can receive it, and not be, not be scared of it or feel you know, that it's too big for me. Like, that's what took, it's taken me a long time with this industry to feel worthy, you know, because you hear all these stories of women who've been in this industry for 30 years and still ain't got their, you know, dew and, and their flowers mm-hmm. and all these things. And it's like, people look at me and I remember it when it fir- when I first came into this industry and I was talking about, oh, I've been doing this for, I've been struggling for a year. (laughs) And women be like, what the heck you talking about? Half of I've been in this business for 10 years, you know? But the thing people forget is that I have sacrificed some things. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I did not go to a normal high school. I didn't have the football games and I didn't pledge and I didn't get to... There was a lot Mm. of sacrifices that I made along the way. To this moment. And there was times where because I realized, oh, wow, like people have been really in this industry longer than I have and have not gotten their flowers. Sometimes you feel like, well, am I worth this moment? Like, Mm -hmm. why me? You know, maybe I am a fraud because this is my first Broadway show. No, Danielle Brooks. No, you are deserving. You put in the work. You did what needed to be done. You have this relationship with God, and he told you what was supposed to happen for you. Girl, if you don't go stand in that, stand on it. You better get on that platform and hold that gold trophy like they do at the Olympics. Yes, this is your moment. It's okay to have it. Stand
1: on it. And so you get the news from Oprah, Mm -hmm. and you and your husband, the first thing you do is get down in prayer hmm You show gratitude. I love that that is the first instinct that you have. But what I want to know is, how do you celebrate yourself? How do you personally celebrate the wins? Ooh, that's
2: a good question. I celebrate with my loved ones. I always call my parents first and my mm-hmm. husband first. And celebrate with my family because they know my heart. They know I'm not a braggadocious person. So they will celebrate me fully and allow me to celebrate myself fully. So I go to them first. And then I am not a splurger. Like I, I like to spend money on um, experiences and making memories. But if I do get a big job, a sister will buy herself something nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I did buy myself a Louis time bag on this. I'm with that. That's the type of celebrating some champagne. Got to pop a bottle and I got to get myself something nice. Yeah, me too. For sure. I love that. Okay, so sis, what has been your takeaway from our conversation today?
2: Ooh. Um, I think I would say sisterhood is a beautiful thing yeah then the other thing about our conversation is about um, the love I think that's what's like the worthiness of the love and how we mm-hmm. all are worthy of it and to remind ourselves to 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 also pour that into ourselves you know give yourself the love that you need and deserve um that's what I take away from this.
1: I love that. Well, my takeaway is that you can have it all. Mm. Whatever you want, it's available to you. And as long as you believe in yourself, as long as you don't worry about who may not understand you, and as long as you remember what you were promised, then you'll get it. And I really, I really needed that. Well, thank you, sister. Thank this you. Is amazing. Girl. I love you so much, Danielle, I and I am you so too. proud of you. I just hope you know every step of the way for every big or small moment in your life, I'll
2: be there. Thank you. And I feel it and I know. I love it. you. I love you, girl. <laughs>
1: Remember to stick around for this week's Sankofa Moment. Danielle spills the acting legend from history that inspires her. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lentigua. Its senior editor is Verilynn Williams. Our sound designer is Cedric Wilson. Our managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Our assistant producer is Lauren Francis. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to podcasts to ensure you hear the next one. Okay, so uh, one last kind of interesting question I want to ask you is, what historical figure would you want to look out into the audience on opening night of the Color Purple and see? And why? Let's make it the movie now. So it's like premiere night. And then it's premiere night.
2: They're passed on. Yes. They're from our past. Oh man, that's a good (gasps) Hattie McDaniel. Me too. Oh my gosh. Hattie McDaniel. That would be who I would want to see there. And yeah, historical figure, yeah. Hattie McDaniel. Wow. The, why do you want to see Hattie? I can think of all pioneered Everything she pioneered, everything, but also just being so dark-skinned and fluffy, fl- fl- fluffy-faced. You know, <laughs> a, a, a curvaceous, um, full-figured woman, um, the first Black woman to be Oscar-nominated Oscar and win. And mm-hmm. we, some of us, know her story, but just. Not uh, really getting to have that moment sitting in the back of that theater. Like I don't even know mm. if she was able to like be in the room. You know, they just brought yeah. her out when she won. You know, just I would love she for she was her, heckled. Yeah, I would love for her to see this moment to be in the room with Oprah and whomever else would be whoever's going to be there, and to see the following generations just take the lead and and um, just see the excellence. You know, what, what? what's that phrase everybody used to say a few years ago? We are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Wildest dreams, That's what yeah. it is I would like to say. Oh, yeah. Just
1: to honor her and say thank you. Like, mm-hmm. we are because she was. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink Or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window.
0: Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon,
1: this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? Long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories.